Welcome to the one, the only, the original, give me back my action movies, the podcast. Oh, well, we've made it to the end of another year and I'm still your uh, co-host, Dan, and with me still, as always, is Charlie. I'm still here. You're still here. And I, I believe this is going to be our, uh, cr- not just our Christmas episode, but I believe it's the last episode of the year, is it not? Uh, it is. This episode, uh, everyone will be hearing this the Tuesday before Christmas. Uh, so the final, final episode of the year will be a horror one, um, which is I'm also looking forward to that one as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone, uh, uh, Merry Christmas, uh, Happy New Year, and yes. or Happy Holidays for whichever one you may celebrate. It's totally cool, whatever you do. Does, yeah. <laughs> do whatever you want to do, just don't be, you know, a dickhead. Yeah. Charlie, this Sports is a very... Live by. <laughs> I, I know, it's, it's pretty easy, right? This is a very special episode. It is our holiday episode... That's right. Welcome to the party, pal, as we discuss Die Hard. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and put this out right now, right at the beginning. We put this up for a vote. We let everybody in the group vote on what Christmas movie we cover, because we weren't originally planning on doing Die Hard. we We talked about it. We were like, everyone does Die Hard at Christmas. Everyone, even if it's not an action movie podcast, if they do movies, they've all at least done Die Hard once. So I was like, let's let's let everyone vote. And it won by a landslide. So you picked it. We're going to do it. But we're going to do this a little bit differently. So I want a death to Smoochie. You know, I I do enjoy death to Smoochie. That is a wild movie. A wild ride. It's not during Christmas, but. I watched it during Christmas and got um, beveraged up real well one year. So I always kind of uh, uh, it's, a, it's a good it movie for that. Yeah, it's yeah. a good movie for that. Yeah. So, but no, we're not doing Death to Smoochie. We we put up quite a few options. Um, people still decided to throw up options of movies we'd already covered. So I was like, yeah, it helps if you listen to the podcast first. But hey, I digress. We're doing Die mm. Hard. Our our Christmas episode and i'm still excited about it i'm like you know what if we're going to talk about die hard we're going to talk about it and we're not going to talk about the movie as we do other movies that we do on the show we're going to talk about the movie not through the movie does that make sense am i making sense dan no but that's all right that's fine man it's all good it'll make sense as we go through it i think it will it's hard to describe what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the phenomenon that is Die Hard. Phenomenon. Dun, 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 dun. There you go. I should have prepped you up for that so you'd have a drop. I know. That's all right. Though. That's I my bad. I, the name, the word just came up, came to me. Yeah, so. I just make things up as I go anyway. That's the entire premise of the show. You know, <laughs> I've learned in my 45 years of life that if I plan and try hard, I screw up. If I just wing it and kind of go on the, the breeze, seat of my pants type of thing, yeah. it usually works out okay. Yeah, as long as, as long as I give you enough time to tell you what movie to watch, things usually work out for the better. Yeah, I mean, I did watch, uh, I 
watched a particular movie at you know five thirty in the morning once, but I watched it. You you did you did, and mm-hmm. we we did mm-hmm. talk about it. Um, mm-hmm. So let's you know what well, let's start this episode out with something special for everyone. Let's give everyone an early early little teaser present. You want to do uh, that? Sure. Ready? Let's do it. Hey, this is Charlie. And this is Sludge. Join us this Christmas Eve as we crash Dan's quiet night and convince him to regale us with a special Christmas tale. That's right, Charlie. This Christmas, all of us at the Give Me Back My Podcast Network want to give all of you the best gift that we can think of. Featuring special Christmas episodes from Give Me Back My Action Movies, Give Me Back My Horror Movies, The Monster Movie Stomp Down, and Good Beer Bad Movie Night. So grab your eggnog or one of Pete's favorite frosty beverages and join us and Dan by the fire as we present Give me back my podcast network's Christmas extravaganza. I knew I should have changed the locks on my door. Ah, see, <laughs> that'll teach you. I know. So you will have a very special present from us to you under the proverbial tree. That is your podcatcher of choice. Uh, but we are putting out a old school style holiday special, kind of like what you would have back in the day on TV on the ABC special where yeah, the old networks. By, yeah, it'd be hosted by like Jonathan Winters and then of course like um, uh, Bob Denver would show up and the Muppets and then like Kiss yep. or something. Yeah, That's, that was that was exactly what I pictured when we were all talking about it. I was like, let's make it like because we, we talk a lot of nostalgia. All the shows talk a lot about a, about nostalgia heavily. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, let's do it like those old school, like when they would bring on celebrities from a popular TV show that was on that network and they would do a little holiday, you know, uh, message or something or a little skit. Um, Mm -hmm. They were great. So we're going to do that with the uh, Give Me Back My Podcast Network group of shows. Group of shows. That'll be fun. I'm looking forward. I am too. And that will be coming out. On Christmas Eve, so that is your yes. early Christmas present you get it the day before. So while you're running around last minute shopping or cooking up all your food, you've got a podcast to listen to. Listen to it before you watch Ralphie for 24 hours. Yes, although I've already watched it once, so I'll, yeah, I'll still so, do the 24 hours. Yeah, I watch it two or three times. So I, I, I am well into my Christmas movie watching. I had already watched Die Hard before we picked this, um, so I watched it again. You know, there's never a wrong time to watch Die Hard. So, yeah. I, uh, we have two that we, well, before, beyond Ralphie, uh, we have actually three that we watch every year. Uh, mm-hmm. One is Scrooged. Yep, that's a good one. One is uh, Christmas Vacation. Uh, we do that after, the, the, after we're done eating Thanksgiving dinner, we watch national lampoon's christmas yeah, vacation. that's what we usually do too that's jackie's um, family's tradition so we have just carried it on the other one we we watch besides you know we watched i watched die hard but the other one that we we watch um it's an older movie so there is some controversial segments to it but it's called holiday inn uh holiday bing inn. crosby oh okay. uh, bing crosby yeah, and yep, them. Yep, yep. It, uh it's the one where they uh basically make a a, a an inn like a bed and breakfast or what have you but Mm -hmm. it's only open during holidays i gotcha yeah so we watched that i'm Um, sure it's one mom had us watch back in the day i just don't think i've revisited it i we 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 have several and honestly now with streaming 
everyone's got Christmas movies, so it's been pretty much like every other night we've been playing a Christmas movie. So, you know, we've already seen Elf and all of the Santa Claus movies, because I love Tim Allen and those. Those are probably some of my favorite. And Muppets Christmas Carol, obviously. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, know, that's he, one we haven't watched yet. Yeah, that, that's it. that's a half to as far as we I'm get, We got to watch that. And then, and then Mandy really loves Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. I haven't so, watched that in forever. Yeah, so we, Honestly, we watch that, too. I haven't watched that in a while. But, no, so we are going to do... We're going to do Die Hard. And like I said, I want to talk about Die Hard the movie. Die Hard the cultural icon that it is. So you want to just do the trailer? I mean, we've talked pretty good now, so I think it's time we do the trailer. It's Christmas Eve in L.A. California. Well, we'll see what Santa and Mommy can do, okay? A New York cop, John McLean, has come to see his wife. Instead, he's going to have to save her. Within this skyscraper high above the city, 12 terrorists have declared war. They're about to be told a lesson in the real use of power. They're as brilliant because I am. $40 million in your vault. As they are ruthless. And I'm telling you, you're just going to have to kill me. Okay. We do it the hard way. Now, the last thing McLean wants... Think, David, think! ...is to be a hero. Where's Howie? Black Tucker! Where? But he doesn't have a choice. What does he think he's doing? <laughs> classic old school trailer that is that is an action movie trailer right there i like that trailer that that's way up there it yeah. really is <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that's... i only i honestly hadn't listened to that trailer heard that trailer for a long long time so when i recorded it for this i was like "Ooh, that was a good trailer man 
I think one of the DVDs I have has it like a special feature where you can watch like the old school trailer. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. I've played it at least once or twice off that. But uh, and apparently there's like extended scenes to the movie, but I never play them. I think I've watched them once and I'm like, nope, ruins the movie. I never want to see them again. Don't ever sneak them into the movie and not tell me. I want to watch it the way I know it is. How would you like, like them? To, how would you like them to change it Spielberg style where they're all carrying radios? Okay, well, you, you say that, and I was saving a conversation I want to have, but you, you've led right into it perfectly, I think. So, um, <laughs> Well, I'm a pro, you, sir. You like that? And this that really is, I'm catching him off guard right now, is why don't you tell me your first memory of Die Hard, and then I'm going to tell you mine. Ooh. Um, I don't know what a first memory of it necessarily would be. It's one of those films that has always kind of been there mm-hmm. um i i'm gonna guess i probably first saw it on like hbo probably at either uh my grandmother's because we had we had, they had cable over there and hbo and such or i might have rented it and watched it at home but i don't i just i can't remember the first time watching it or the earliest you know what i mean i just yeah, you don't it, you don't remember your earliest viewing of it. no i really don't i do remember a clear vhs clamshell with a movie in there and like yeah. the silver labels as die hard you yeah. know I ours were brown that. we used to get brown ones that had the white label mm-hmm. and it would have it either handwritten or typed and it would say it on there yeah, this one was, I, th- you know what, now I'm thinking about it, I think it was at my grandmother's, and my Uncle Rick or my dad rented it from Marsh's grocery store, mm-hmm. and I think that's why it was just behind the, like, one of the, you go there and it's just behind the box, you grab it or whatever, it's in a white yeah, case. Yeah, I remember, I remember those, because you would yeah. walk up and be excited because you saw the movie case, until yeah. you got to it and went, oh, it's gone yeah. from behind it. Hey, man, we didn't have blockbusters for a long time when I was a kid. I mean, I remember the first blockbusters. I was probably the either at the end of middle school or right getting ready to start, like, junior high or high school even, maybe. I, we had, like, uh, uh, Video Village and VSH, you know, VHS video, and then we I think we had, like, Jim's video or, yeah. you know, where you don't go behind the one wall. <laughs> that type of yeah thing. we all had cool, those you know. had a yeah, curtain yeah. or something behind it yeah, yeah. right yeah um well, you know or we'd go to the you know uh, uh thriftway or marshes or something like that and rent videos yeah you know, well yeah. I, we've talked about it on here before i never stepped foot in a blockbuster till i moved to ohio in 99 you know that was because we just didn't have them down here it was mom sure. and pop we didn't even have like franchise ones you know like we had a family video, but it's not the family video franchise everybody knows. It was literally the small r- rental place in Honeacre called Family Video. Yeah, like um, seven people in a family decided to make a video store. What should we name it? Family Video. It's yeah. our family store. Okay. And the sign is still up there. You've you've seen it. It's whenever you first go into Honeacre. It was a, a, a an award-making engraving place for a long time. Oh, yeah. Then they threw okay. a thrift store in there. This big, tall Pepsi sign at the top still says family video across the bottom of it. <laughs> nice. That's before the, uh, is that before the dealership and the bank and everything? 
uh, before you, the, before you yeah. go around the bend and up towards high school? Well, when you went around the bend, Modern's always been there, but that's where New People's Bank used to be. It wasn't over the bridge behind okay. it. Yeah, none of that was back there. But yeah, and none of this matters to anyone that no. didn't grow up in that area. We 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 talk so much about back home. Everyone's going to feel like it's back home, especially well, if they listen to the next to Ken episode. So yeah, well, but okay. um, if you want to come down home and and go to uh, RobCon when it comes up, uh, by yep. all means, do We're, that. We are scheduled for next year. Uh, so to go back to my point, what Dan was talking about is this movie being Spielberged and removing all of the guns and putting walkie talkies in their hands. My first memory of this movie was my dad letting me stay up and watch it on network television. I'm pretty (laughs) sure it was like ABC or CBS, whoever, probably whatever station used to play Moonlighting, they picked this up. And I'm pretty sure it was ABC. Yeah, Um, it was. That's who did Moonlighting. And I remember this movie vividly because... I've never heard my dad laugh so hard in his life at that point was they didn't cut out the F bombs. They added a new word every time he would say something like classic fudge or Frick or friggin. And it was obviously a, just whoever had a guy voice at the studio dubbed this over. And the iconic line, Dan, you got that? You got that pulled up, the iconic line for this movie. If you give me a second, I, I will. will give yeah. you a second. I, I know. I've caught you off guard a little bit here, but we're, this is how this episode is going to roll. This is, this is actually a very old school episode because this is kind of how we started the idea. This is, it's kind of how you started the, the Facebook group and how we yeah. started the podcast. We would just call each other and talk about this. And this really is. And I kind of wanted to, kind of wanted to go back to that. Yeah. All right, here you go. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? yippee guy. So, we edit it for the show, because you all know we don't drop the F-bomb here. We'll say everything but. Yeah, unfortunately. I know, Dan gets so disappointed. Um, So, in the movie on television, they didn't edit that part out. They dubbed it, and he goes, yippee ki Melon Farmer. <laughs> Melon Farmer. I thought my dad was going to cry himself to death. He was laughing so hard. And I, me, I, I had to be like 12 or 13. So because this movie had so many F-bombs, he this was not one of the earlier movies I got to watch. You know, I've talked about it. Delta Force was my first one because it's fairly tame compared to others yeah i never knew the jokes were in predator and i didn't watch actually most of chuck norris's movies are pretty clean they they actually are they're they're really not that bad they'll have like adult themes to them but yeah no i i I think it's a canon thing they really don't do a lot of those in canon you know like the american ninjas and you know i mean you had stuff like cyborg kind of had I, some language yeah if i remember right but yeah a lot of the yeah quote unquote mainstream canon movies didn't have a lot of foul language yeah no not really but uh no my first memory of this movie because dad was like i'm gonna let the boy watch it and mom always sat in her chair over there and 
she was not happy he was letting me watch it even on television because uh, you know she has already sat through it with dad because he's probably rented it or something and i'm watching and I, i'm 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 in tears because i'm laughing even mom is sitting there going really that's what they've got him <laughs> saying because mom was a mom and dad watched moonlight she knew him you know from all yeah, that stuff so did i yeah that's what well i'm we'll talk about it here is that's you know where he came from before this movie but uh yeah um yibikaye melon farmer and my first memory is on abc like when they would do a movie at like nine o'clock on a Saturday or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know what you're talking about. I, and I can imagine your dad sitting in his chair, your mom sitting in hers. And regardless if the chairs were, I'm sure there were older chairs. They're not the current chairs that are there. No, now. no not still, the current but, chairs. But still in the same exact position. Yes. Though that's sit, never you, changed. You sitting in the couch on the couch, which was probably in the same exact position. Yes. You know, our living room, it didn't yes, change I've, a whole lot. I've seen many, I've seen many movies from that. <laughs> couch or then we, slept in that floor we have <laughs> so i can imagine your mom sitting there crocheting or 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 knitting or, or doing something yeah i'm i'm sure oh yeah. and that coming across and your dad belly laughing through the entire house and it, it became our own little tradition of if it came on television we would watch it you know, it wasn't like, no, we're not going to go rent it. Anyone can go rent it. Let's wait till ABC comes out and we get to hear the ridiculous dubbing of Bruce Willis. Melon Farmers. Melon Farmers, dude. It is. I'm going to try to find a version of that now somewhere. I, you know, drop. I really, I think we still have all our old VHSs at the house somewhere. I really need to dig through those because dad would record movies that would like play at like midnight or something or mm -hmm. when we got hbo for the weekend we would set up the vcr to record oh yeah you know. of course i remember everyone did that i'm pretty you'd, you'd sure have, I've got have a, a, uh, a vhs with ghostbusters mannequin and like uh, uh brazil yeah <laughs> well i'm like there's i'm pretty sure there's a robot jocks a some sort of arnold movie sure. and probably a kid's movie because it would always be yeah. We have to fast forward through this and the fast forward button was not very fast. So it was turn your head kids, you know, cause it would be <laughs> like going through an action movie that had nudity in it just to get to watch. I don't know, like care bears, the movie or some shit. That was sure, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, man, I don't know. It's just it, TV hit different back then. It's, I, you know, I remember it did. Um, I was, I mean, I, I was, pretty much allowed to kind of watch and do sort of whatever i wanted as a kid mm -hmm. um you know but i remember like going to my one buddy's house uh and staying the night with him and he was a couple years older than me and it was always the cool house he had the cool computer he had the cool all the gi joes you know and all their accessories in a tackle box and you know yeah. he had all, you know um but i remember going to his house and watching police academy one and oh, what was the other one we watched that night bachelor party maybe yeah you know and i was probably 12 <laughs> great movies for a 12 year old well watch. that's what i'm saying like yeah. those are those are the kind of movies and like honestly we you know we weren't supposed to watch those at that no point. no 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 but we did and i mean that's probably why 
I'm as broken as I am, but uh, has something to it's do. That's why we're. Sure. It's why we're as hardy, and uh, our emotions aren't on our sleeves as much as yeah, this younger generation. Yeah. We were hardened early. We um, were, but yeah, you know, watch, but you know, like renting movies or getting HBO or or um, watching like the holiday specials as they dropped on TV once a year. If you missed Charlie it. Brown, you were boned. Yeah, you know, uh, it played just, it once. It One time, so much. It was so different. You know, uh, than watching the now. the Grinch. You you had, you had the. Uh, we didn't get like the TV guide. We would yeah. get the newspaper, and it would have like the local channels in it. Sure. Both so, of them. <laughs> we had three. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, NBC, CBS, ABC. Well, yeah. and P- everyone had PBS. But sure. growing up, we had four channels. That that was it on the clicker TV no remote, and we had an antenna. So if the signal went out, I had to go stand on the stoop out front and turn the antenna. And I've seen it made fun of in other movies, and a lot of this newer generation, will, you know, imagine the Wi-Fi going out and you have to reset the router. Well, this would be, turn it a little, oh, no, go the other way, no, right there, right there, okay. And I would let go and it would go away and I would grab it and it would come back. And there were a couple times and I'm pretty sure it was a sports game where dad's like, stay there a minute. (laughs) Yeah, we, we had a, we had an old coat hanger in the back of a black and white TV as a kid. And I remember a few times rigging it up to where I could put aluminum foil on it, run it down to the ground, put my foot against it. So I had better reception. So I didn't have to stand and hold it. Hey, man. So I could watch my morning cartoon. I remember needing a screwdriver to play Nintendo and Atari. Oh so, yeah. yeah. You had to hook up and do the switcher and yeah. You had, you had to undo the screws <laughs> on the back and put the spade bits up on there yeah. and tighten those down, but you, you couldn't leave it on. You had to take it back off in order to get the antenna hooked back up. Oh no, we had a fancy one where, because my I grew up well in one of the houses I grew up in with my my mom's mom and dad. Yeah, I uh, was right next to a place called Paul Wright's TV. Oh, that's cheap. So we would go next. We so we went next door and we had the adapter so we could plug the antenna into the adapter and then put that in the switcher so we could actually literally switch the use it as a switcher to go shwink TV down video game up TV down video game. That, we had to be I, on channel three. I don't. Yeah, we was always channel three. I think we didn't get that till the first television died. The the freaking console brick, and mm-hmm. yes, the new TV set on top of that one. Till Dad brought his toolbox in, and we literally had a TV sitting on top of a red snap on toolbox. Oh well, sure, we. My, I remember my my grandfather had the TV where you would. Okay, so you'd have your your regular four channels yes uh for us in kentucky it was 9 12 and 5 ours were 5 11 and 19 okay yep. so those were our regular channels uh abc cbs nbc yep. but then we would have to then we would have change it to go to uh, uh 48 for pbs mm-hmm. 19 was our fox what became a fox affiliate it was the local um a channel where we would get uh, well it's hard to explain it so like back before fox made a television channel yeah channel 19 is where we would get um we'd get like gi joe in the mornings 
every morning, Monday through Friday. Kind of like the Emmy um, TV that's out now that a lot of yeah, people Yeah, yeah. We get a lot of stuff like that yeah. on there. And then um, eventually it became Fox. We married with children, Tracy Ullman, all that stuff. But then we would, we also had Channel 64, which was Star TV. And that would get the real B-level stuff like Captain Power and Sweet. Photon. If anyone knows what Photon is, please let us know in the notes because I don't think anyone else knows what Photon is. They probably don't. Um, no. Uh, we would get that. We get Captain Power. We would get uh, uh, Transor Z, mm-hmm. which was the American version. I don't remember exactly what the Japanese version of that was, but uh, I'm sure uh, Sludge and them know. Probably. Uh, probably Pete, too, honestly. But yeah. we would get those type of cartoons and things on 64. So to Y'all change over... To, oh, yeah. To, so to change over to the UHF stations... We would have my grandfather would have to uh, squirt the dial with WD forty so it would turn, <laughs> and we clunk 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 until we got to the the spot on the dial. I'll and take then back to, the fancy comment. Yeah, and, and then had and then had to adjust the uh, the antenna ear so we could get to it. But yeah, oh so, my god, that's TV was man. just different back then. Man. It was know. man. You know they talk about when times were a little simpler, and you know, and that kind of let, let's bring it back to the movie a little bit. Back when action movies were simpler, good guy against insurmountable odds. He doesn't want to do what he knows he has to do, and he he prevails in the end. And this movie is, I'm going to go ahead and just say, this is probably the perfect action movie. Well, this is, and this was like, one of the tentpole beginnings of normal guy action hero, not yeah, your your average guy, big indestructible, uh, you know, Schwarzenegger, Rambo kind of. Even though Rambo, John Rambo in the first movie was kind of a normal dude, um, it wasn't that big, over the top, larger than life. It was just a normal dude that you know smoked cigarettes, cursed, and got stuck in a place where he he you know didn't have any shoes on, uh, and. You want to know how Rambo is considered larger than life when Die Hard references the movie Rambo? Well, in Rambo 2, specifically Rambo 2, he becomes larger than life. The first one, um, not so much. But this was just a normal dude that, you know, going through normal real problems, divorce issues, separation issues, Mm -hmm. things like that, and got thrown into the mix. You know, to me, that... I love those types of action movies. And I think Bruce Willis does them better than anyone else. Like that, uh, last Boy Scout we've done and talked about. Oh, yeah. Thrown in extraordinary circumstances. Um, I I just, I like, he's an, he, especially then, he was kind of an everyman. You know, he, he would was, sell, he would sell wine coolers and play his harmonica and sing some blues songs and yeah. make some wise ass comments because that's what we would probably do in that situation. It, but he was able to, to, to do stuff. And I, I love that style of action movie. That's what I like. The grittier real human being action movie. Well, what, what I kind of I mean, like, Universal, it is, I, I like universal soldier. Oh, we wrong. Absolutely. But Look, we I love like, all our action movies, but, yeah, but I, I like those ones like die hard and stuff. Yeah. This one. So I I can't say it started that thing because if we go back even like into the seventies where we had things like Charles Bronson doing Dirty movies, Harry, Dirty Harry, you had that tough and grit 
they had, you know, it was more crime driven than action driven. I guess till you got to the later Death Wish movies with Charles Bronson. Sure. But even to the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger and Stallone were approached about doing Die Hard, you know, Bruce Willis was not their first choice. There, I could go for 15 minutes going over everyone that was given the option to play this part and how many turned it down, how much the studio actually fought to get Bruce Willis. Well, the movie makers, the studio was fighting it. They didn't really want Bruce well, they Willis. They wanted a big name attached for yeah. money draw. Yeah. Because this guy, yeah, he's, he's popular, but he's a comedian on television. Right. That's, that's what he was. Um, and, but the one I do want to talk briefly about, because we talked about it already once Mm -hmm. was that he, Bruce Willis was given the option to play Riggs in lethal weapon and Mel Gibson was offered the role of McLean in Die Hard, And they each turned the opposite role down and ended up in where we are now. Um, we talked about a little bit in the lethal weapon one. But I'm also I also sit there and I go, I feel like Mel Gibson could have played a John McClane type character, but could Bruce Willis have played not so much a Martin Riggs? Because if you just did that character by himself, yes, mm-hmm. he could have. Could mm-hmm. he have played good with Danny Glover, though? Would you have had the same chemistry with him and Bruce Willis versus Mel Gibson and Danny Glover? it's an interesting point i think and by the way i want to see both of those movies in an alternate reality i would go watch them for sure well i'll just i'll have dr strange open up some portals for us we're getting close to that well everyone will have seen it by now but yeah a couple days for recording big spider-man event right now uh which i don't know when i'm gonna get to see that um me neither i yes i think there would still be very good buddy cop chemistry in those mm-hmm. however the movies would have to had to have been different in a couple ways a Riggs was a martial arts guy bruce willis yeah. i, I, I would have would have done that i, I think, think they would have had it gone yeah i was know, thinking like pulp, philly his, kind of you know his pulp fiction kind of character where yeah. he's the boxer and stuff like that yeah and i know uh, uh, and people are probably screaming at the thing right now well he did the movie with samuel l jackson Look, Samuel L. Jackson is a totally different animal versus Danny, Danny, Glover. Danny Glover. Yeah, and I, I really think there would still be, com- you know, obviously Bruce Willis's character would be the comic relief still, the bounce off. Oh, yeah, because he's still the comic relief in Die Hard. Yeah, so he's still the bounce off for sure uh, of Danny Glover, but it would it would have been different. Um, Bruce Wait. Willis, I don't we said it in, in lethal or in a uh, on lethal weapon. Um, I think Mel Gibson played end of his rope. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote crazy. A certain way that I don't think Bruce Willis can necessarily. And I agree with that. And I think and, that's, and, and, that's the big takeaway is well, I don't well, and now at this point, too, we've seen a little bit more of kind of Mel Gibson's psyche, so it kind of makes <laughs> sense he was able to yeah. dip into some dark spots in his head um, to do it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, so I think it'd be different for sure. Yeah. Obviously. 
you know. I, 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 uh, I, I, but hindsight's yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, it, you know, it is. You know. And I mean, in another reality that actually happened, and hopefully those movies are just as iconic as they are now. And I, you know what? We're going to touch on it real quick. The elephant in the room. It's in the trailer. It is that time of year. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? And I'm going to throw our hat in the ring here a little bit, but I, I'm going to put, you know, everyone knows I love my asterisks. I'm going to make that a shirt. It's just going to be an asterisk. Um, yes, I think this is a Christmas movie. No, it's not a traditional Christmas movie. It Okay, so I think when you look at it, you have to, you have to define what a Christmas movie is or any True. type of holiday themed movie. Okay. Yes. Um, and remember, so, we're not going to delve too deep into this, no, but no, I know no, where no. you're going on. But, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like, is Christmas a central theme of the movie? So in yes. Die Hard, well, in Die Hard, yes. The reason that he's at Nakatomi Plaza mm-hmm. is because of a Christmas party or holiday yes. party, whatever. Well, he's, he's home for the holidays. Right. Yeah. Well, he's, he's not home. His home is back in New York. Well, you know, he's coming but, home yes. to his family. family. So yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah. that home is where your family's at. So we'll, so we'll take it from there. So, so in that regard, yes, that is a, a very important plot point. Mm. that gets him to where he is it it tells you why there were people at the party it tells you why there was a hostage situation. you know everything there so yes there is a big um uh section of that that is integral to to the christmas holiday yes now could you have replaced that with a halloween time frame oh he's back home from for halloween to take his kids trick-or-treating the company's having a halloween you know, masquerade party at the thing. Now it's Halloween. I don't think so. I, see, I think you you might be able to. It'd be different, obviously. There's some well, tweaks, well, but you could. You could do it. Uh, uh, New Year's. They're having a New Year's party. He's home for that. Now, New um, Year's, I could have seen Thanksgiving. You could do a Thanksgiving thing. Not that you really have Thanksgiving parties necessarily at work. No, but, see, but I mean, you could to get him there. You could use any holiday. You could, but I don't think, just to use your example, I don't think Halloween is as important to fly across the country to be Uh, with your family. And then, like 4th of July, say he uh, had that 4th of July weekend off, he wanted to go see his family, they were having a 4th of July viewing party at the tower, because it's a big, tall tower, they could see the fireworks of the city, that's why they're there. That's why he happened to come back. Well, so I mean, I'm, I, I want to. I see, but I see what you're saying. Christmas yeah. is the big travel. It is. You know. So mm-hmm. now let's flip it. Let's flip it to why. Why did the? It, yeah, they 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 allude to being terrorists, but we all know they're bank robbers. Why the bank robbers are planning it? Money. What kind of terrorists are you? <laughs> Who said we were terrorists? Yes, I didn't know you had a drop ready for that. Yeah, so, Al Rickman told you. So, Christmas was integral to their plan. Most people are either traveling away from home or everyone's at, because this is Christmas Eve. 
This isn't mm-hmm. like a day before Which or the week I think before. Is, I think it's weird. Why would you have a company party on Christmas Eve? Well, if you, this is the other thing that I, I mean, it's we, the eighties. It's a little different, but I mean, we did talk about this, that Nakatomi owns the whole building. So unless he's like renting out the offices to other companies, or was this a party strictly for like the higher up salespeople and the VPs and the official okay, people? Yeah. You know, cause that, mm-hmm again it's the 80s they probably would have had their own separate high-end party you know better champagne better food but again that also means okay we need to get into this building when there are the least amount of people there that's easier to handle okay also the least amount of police presence anywhere because you know, it's Christmas Eve. They're not going to be running full force. It's at night. And they kind of show it. You know, everyone's just kind of calm. And especially for, you know, being out in California, it was fairly calm and relaxed that night. You know, Carl's getting Twinkies. I know it's Al, but I'm going to call him Carl. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's getting Twinkies for the pregnant one. For uh, what, Harriet, I think? Yeah, Har- yeah Harriet. Yeah, We're going right. to go with uh, that mind, uh, our own fan theory that... uh Carl from Family Matters was actually Al. Well, before, well, he moved around a lot with his family because originally he was in New York City because he's yes. the one that got the Ghostbusters out of jail. Yes. Then he ended up in L.A. Yep. Well, he and was in, th- and it, well, he was also a limo driver for a, a, a for a side job because mm-hmm. he drove Paul Hogan around in Crocodile in Dundee yep. because he he pulled oh, no. the was that I think New York I, or was it. Or was it Hollywood? Uh, Second one was Hollywood, right? The first one was New York. Yeah, first one was New York. So he was still in New York when he was doing the limo driving, and he pulled the uh, emblem off the back of the car like a boomerang and threw it and hit the bad guy. Mm -hmm, And -hmm. Paul Hogan asked him if he was aboriginal. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez, Paul Hogan. And then, uh, yeah, right. Uh, And then then he went to L.A., and then he went to, I think, Chicago? Yeah, it was Chicago where family members, family matters was, but, but anyway, so it was very calm that night. It's Christmas. It's all this other stuff. So it's the perfect time to stage this heist. I mean, you couldn't do this at 4th of July. Everyone would be on the streets. Everyone would be anywhere. There'd be a huge police presence everywhere because people are losing their mind. If we want to go with your argument, Halloween. There's usually a pretty good presence of people Not out sure. and about, yeah. police, all this other stuff. And, you know, New Year's, same same kind of deal. Drinking, everyone out on the streets partying. To me, Christmas is the one where people are going and being inside their homes or traveling. So it's the most calmest time and where people would have a small, intimate gathering of executives Everyone that would be important that would, you know, don't kill those people. They are worth a lot of money to the company. And again, they got, they got able to shut everything down and basically take control of this building fairly easily. So Christmas is centric, in my opinion, to this movie. Well, everyone who would like to join that debate, make sure you do so on the Facebook group. Throw in your two cents. Politely. And, uh, we're, we're, yeah, not politely. Gonna, we're not, not going to get. No. Remember rule number one? Don't be a dickhead. Right. We've already got a couple threads about it. I've kind of, I've already put my say out there. 
So, and this is good. Are you good? Do you have anything you want to add to it? Because I kind of want to put what I feel like is the final Mm. stamp on it. So we can then talk about just the movie itself. Yeah, no, I'm good. Go ahead. So, you watch whatever movies you want to watch at Christmas. Mm -hmm. We'll watch whatever movies we want to watch at Christmas. At my Mm -hmm. house, Die Hard is a Christmas tradition. We watch Die Hard at Christmas time. If you don't and you want to watch it in September, good on you. Because you can watch this movie in September. You can watch this movie anytime you want. And you can not watch this movie. Just enjoy it. That's all. Doesn't matter what day of the year it is. And with that said, I'm going to throw to commercials. When we get back, we're going to talk a little bit about the movie, uh, the actors in it, what they went on to do, and how Die Hard is one of those movies that pretty much everyone knows. So when we get back, we're going to talk about that. Stay tuned. Uh, I'm going to hit this button now. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down, where twice a month we review monster movies from all corners of the planet. Join me, Sludge. And I was, went to watch it the other night, and she's like, why are you watching this? You can quote this movie line for line. That's very accurate. My co-host, Mark. Don't ask me to, to do a stomp down on this, because it's zero. <laughs> okay, <laughs> dude. Ruben, what's your stomp down rate? And our brother from Texas, Ruben. It, it's just, I'm like, wait a minute. They, they tricked me into watching this. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's what I felt like. like. As we give you the history, our review, and the stomp down rating of some of the best and worst monster movies around. Available through the Podbean app, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Amazon. Make sure and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Just how drunk are we gonna get? Welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy... Hillboy Kreitz. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest boner. And Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f- that up. <laughs> try that again. As we drag Kathleen. Hear me. Kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his times in the territories with PG-13 to his times in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major podcast formats. All right, everyone, welcome back to Give Me Back My Action Movies, the podcast, the Christmas special, where we're talking about Die Hard. Die Hard. Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only. The f- shit, lady, do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? 
love that line. I remember him saying friggin'. Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, it's not not quite. No, it's it's not quite friggin'. No. So Die Hard came out in '88. Budget was an estimated twenty-eight million. Worldwide gross was $141,603,197. It did okay. You know what I would like to know? And I don't know if it's possible. It came out in July, by the way. July 17th. It, it, this, and that's the argument a lot of people make, but we're not getting back into that. But you know what I would really love to know? Mm. How much has this movie made cumulatively? Oh. Like, all the way up to now? Um, A lot. It has to be in the billions. Would it not? Syndication um, overseas, Blu-ray releases, every well, every format from you know VHS, Beta, DVD. Can, can you imagine the royalty? I mean, Bruce has still got to be getting royalties for this. As long as he put it in his contract, which you know he was on television, so you knew he knew about syndication and you know how to get continual money after a show's over. So yeah. I would. I would hope, I mean, I know I can get him to star in any movie for a million bucks for about 10 minutes. Yeah. But he'll let you use him on the cover. Well, there you go, you know. (laughs) But, I mean, yeah, it's, you know, obviously a summer action blockbuster. Mm -hmm. uh, Rated R, obviously, for the language. Uh, What? Serious. Uh, There was. Okay. There is a printed piece of nudity in this movie. And there is. Okay, so I was watching it on Blu-ray the other night, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's clearer than our VHSs we grew up with. Mm. He is looking across uh, the parking lot of Nakatomi, and he can actually see into uh, an apartment across the way, mm-hmm. and there's a lady getting changed over there. You know, okay, well, you can't really see anything, but you know she's not wearing a whole lot. Every every eighties action movie had to have one nudity shot. I you think did. so. And the um, reason you remember the girls on the posters is because when he passes them again, I think he says like "Hello, ladies" or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he says yeah, <laughs> says something to them. Um, so yeah, so Die Hard. I mean, and then you know we we're talking about how this is like everyone's seen it, everyone knows it. We're, we can't synopsize or go through no. the movie because you all know it. But you know like, this movie, we're not going to tell you anything new today. No. No, we're going to hit on a few things that we found interesting and we loved about the movie. Oh, yeah, and one, our favorite parts and our favorite actor in the movie. Yeah, well, one, Al Young's in it. That's who I was talking about. He has a name called Uli. He is Uli, but what does everyone know him as, though, Dan? Well, he's our patron saint, first of all. Well, there's that, but... but... We, we know him as the Nestle Crunch guy. He yep. grabs the Nestle Crunch bar and eats it uh, from the snack bar there. And you know uh, he he ad libbed that basically, he well, he had a he he because the camera kind of stayed on him long enough. He goes, I should be doing something. He asked John McTiernan. He goes, I have this idea. Can I do this? And John thought it was brilliant. Well, Al's even gone on record going, I actually asked because I didn't want them accuse me of stealing out of the candy <laughs> cakes. But they did it, and John loved it so much that. He takes the Nestle Crunch bar out and he's eating it. Well, when it cuts to him again, he's eating a Mars bar. So they nice. they they did a little twofer on that. But yeah, our patron Saint Al Leong is in this movie, and he's yeah, also in yep. Lethal Weapon. Yes, he is in Lethal Weapon. You're right, and named in both of the greatest action movies of the '80s, in my opinion. That's right. He's now one. Of, he's also in one of my absolute personal favorite 
action movies, and that's Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, well, yeah, that's that's so. neither here nor there, sir. Yeah, that is but anyway, a that's fantastic little, movie. A little owl love. Uh, Clarence Gillard Jr., uh, you may know him from Walker, Texas Ranger. Yes. He's in this movie. Um, Alexander uh, Godunov, I slaughtered Why are you name. going to the hardest names to pronounce? Well, because there's a lot of them in here. Anyway, he's Carl in this, the big blonde-headed dude, kind of looking a little like uh, Vigo. But I know him from The Money Pit. Yeah. He happened to be like the ex-husband guy of Shelley Long, who was the orchestra conductor and, and stuff. Yeah, like, they wanted I, that really tall, towering, mm-hmm. blonde hair guy against uh, Tom Hanks, right? Money Pit? Yeah, Money Pit. Yeah, mm-hmm. so been a while since I've watched that. I, well, it's, see, like, I remember seeing the Money Pit before I saw Die Hard. Really? Yeah, because I remember when I watched it, I went, it looks like the dude from Money Pit. First I always Tom, equated that. First Tom Hanks thing I ever saw was him in that D&D made for television movie where he lost his mind and it was a, a movie against the use of D and D. I can't you remember the used, name of it. Uh, yeah. But you actually saw that. I did. I saw that on network. Wow. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I was a kid. I didn't even know what D and I didn't have enough friends to play D and D. Well, yeah, that's true. I, I remember playing AD and D back then. Uh, you know, and then you've got some people in here, you know, um, Thornburg. Yeah, William Athens. Char- yes. What do you know him from? Die Hard. <laughs> Die Hard 2. <laughs> he's, he's that normal scumbag that you see. Um, he's also in Ghostbusters. He's Walter Peck. Yes. yes he, I, he, I wanted to drag that out because Dan is a massive Ghostbusters fan. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That man has no dick. That man uh, has no dick. Paul Gleason's in it. Yes. You, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. That's right. Um, Reginald Vell Johnson, we've already talked about a little bit. Yes, we have. Um, let's talk about the real hero of the film, and that's Argyle. Argyle is the real hero <laughs> in this movie. I love Argyle in this movie, man. He always shows, you know, he could have dipped. He could have absolutely dipped on McLean, but instead... Well, he was a good dude. He hung boss, out in the, in the garage. Boss thinks he's on his way to Las Vegas, so he's That's good right. to go. He's ready to go to the party and hang out with the giant bear in the <laughs> back of the limo. I love Argyle. Um, uh, Bruce Willis, obviously, everyone knows what he did. Yep. And this movie would not be... Half. This, would yeah, not be half I, as good oh, as man, what it is. Easily half, if yeah. not for Alan Rickman. Well, I'm talking Alan Rickman is an entire half with the rest oh. of the cast being the other half. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I can't imagine this movie with somebody. I can imagine it with Mel Gibson. I can't imagine it without Alan Rickman. Right. We can't put Gary Busey in this <laughs> role. As much as, again, that might be an alternate reality a movie I want to see just for the, the sheer... Do you think you're a cowboy or something? You know, you, no, we can't do that. We'd Ladies and be, gentlemen... Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm Hans. Um, so, so, obviously, Alan Rickman brings so much to this movie. Uh, you know, his he does. Uh, so when he does the American accent and he's just playing the lost. Oh, the lost um, uh, employee, uh, basically upstairs. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, no, 
don't kill me or whatever. You know, the yeah. whole wiener thing he does uh-huh. or whatever. I've as many times as I've watched this movie, I always try to see if Bruce Willis tells has a tell of when he figured out something. You know what? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I honestly think he just went into it as I'm not gonna believe anyone that pops up on me. That do, yeah. you know, that doesn't look like a terrorist with a gun pointed at me. Right. Because you know, you had the the cokehead, uh, uh, Ellis, Ellis, mm-hmm. which okay, I want. I read this and I've always wondered it. So when he's doing the negotiation with the Germans, trying to get um, uh, McLean to turn mm-hmm. himself mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. they bring him a coke, yeah, and he kind of nods. Well, there's a theory out that we think he asked them for coke, coke, and they took it as the soda not the drug that he's doing throughout the movie. And I'm like, that makes sense. A nice little in joke. Yeah, that makes sense. I would say he probably was asking for um, cocaine. Yeah. (laughs) A little bump. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's probably what he was doing at that point. So Uh, I I hate that he had to die in this. Well, he, he sucks. Uh, you know, what are you, no, what are you do? he did not turn over the fact that he knew more about John than he did. He, That's true. It's my friend. He's coming to visit all this stuff. He did not just flat out blow. He was just trying to get everything down. He would sacrifice John for everyone to go home, but he didn't put Holly up or anyone else in danger. Well, he yeah, made it out like Holly. this is my, well, he did, but yeah. this was my friend I brought. So give him a little bit of prop, you know, even yeah. coked out of his brain, he was still functioning. <laughs> he negotiates million dollar deals. Booby, I'm your white knight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. What I a... must have missed 60 minutes. Yeah, exactly. What a D-bag. So anyway, I mean, the cast has gone on. I mean, the cast, again, I know you. we were talking about the, the Mel Gibson thing over, but I can't. I can't imagine this movie being a different cast. Now, no, I didn't know, and you told me this before we started tonight, that Takagi almost was George Takei. Yeah, I read that. Um, honestly, and people, if you don't like ever go to the website IMDb, Internet Movie Database, you can go and look up information on movies. If you scroll down, there's a little thing called trivia, and there can be pages depending on how popular the movie is, and there yeah. is a trivia that George Takai wanted to play Takagi. Uh, the director wanted George Takai, and Takai's agent dropped the ball and didn't relay the messages correctly back and forth, so they uh, hired James Shigata. You got his name, right? Thank you. I, I mean, probably. We, we, we don't really know if it's... Yeah, we're going with it that I said it right, and it's the only time I'm going to say it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good to me, right? So, um, although I would have been real upset to see Sulu shot in the head. Yeah, so we got to remember that. We would have had to watch Sulu's brains get splattered across, you know, the big glass panel behind him. Medic! Exactly. Do you ever think of anything besides Sulu when you think about George Takei? No. Yeah, I really don't either. I mean... I, I hate to be I mean, little it's, any it's, kind of his, his his accomplishments or anything like that. I don't mean to, but I, he's 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 Sulu. 
the entire cast is victim of typecast. And while it's to for us, we look at it as an honor, you know, oh, that's Sulu, that's Uhura, that's, you know, that's Scotty, you know, they've done other things, but mm-hmm. I know you from that, you know, Mark Hamill kind of has that a little bit, although we've dug a little bit more into his like 80s sci-fi things, you know, like with the Giver and, you know, some sure. of these other non-blockbuster style movies. I still have Corvette Summer. Corvette Summer. Michael, yep. Love it. I've seen the car in person, by the way. I know you have. Also, but, uh, had Annie, Annie Potts, another Ghostbusters reference. There you go. More Ghostbusters in this episode. It makes me happy. Is Ghostbusters a Christmas movie? Mm, the first one? Is it is is it referenced in the first one or the second one? Second one. Second one takes place uh, between Christmas and New Year's. That's right. Well, I remember uh, I had that collection from uh, Maddie Collector. Remember when mm-hmm. they put that four yeah. pack out and they had the yeah. Christmas hats on them? And they had the hats, yeah. I, I had that one for a while. You don't have that anymore? No, I sold that because once Maddie Collector Maddie Collector went under. All those things skyrocketed in prices. Yeah, I wanted to get that off of you, actually. Uh, I know. I wish I'd have kept my. I wish I'd have kept my PKE meters. What I wish I would have. I sold mine too. Although I made twice as much for that PKE meter than what I bought it for. Yeah. So you know, not too bad. Um, As we digress, (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas. they did do the pack, by the way. The uh, Haslab they got. I I saw that backed. Uh, Twenty-one thousand people backed that. Well, good for them. That's a $400 pack. It is. It's nice. It looks just like the one in the movie that Egon's packing. Well, never mind. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Save it all for the Ghostbusters episode. <laughs> never mind. We're going to do one of those? Maybe, if you're nice. It's my birthday episode. Nice. It's that. I was going to say, you get to choose. It's that <laughs> or backdraft. Yeah, well, <laughs> you can't have both. <laughs> backdraft's more of an action movie, I think. <laughs> no, it's not. All right. <laughs> 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 Uh, so we've talked about the actors in this and stuff like that. What is some of the, I mean, obviously, and they've made what? Seven more diehards, I think. Uh, uh let's do it. Uh, diehard, diehard two. Yeah. Diehard with a vengeance. Yeah. Live free or diehard. Yeah. And a good day to diehard. Okay. So five. Yeah. And, and, I, and an advanced auto parts commercial. And an advanced auto parts. And I will... Just for some reason today, I had to go get Jackie some medicine at the dollar store. They had the A Good Day to Die Hard, the Blu-ray, for five bucks. Because it's the only Die Hard I didn't have, where it's his older son, and he works for some kind of agency. Yeah, the one where he works for the agency. I bought it for five bucks, and it had the Blu-ray, the DVD, the digital, everything. I was like, that's worth five bucks. I'm buying it. I now have all the Die Hard movies. Is that the one Kim is missing? No, that's uh, uh, Live Free or Die Hard. Okay. With All Timothy right. Oliphant, where they hmm. computer hack the United States yeah, government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yes. Okay. I couldn't remember which one it was he was in. There's a uh, Look, after three, they kind of... Yeah, no, I agree. I think most movies need to stop at trilogy. Yeah, and sometimes they don't need to Terminator. No, <laughs> yeah, T two was perfect. That's that's we're done. Should just stop. So what else? Die Hard has transcended being movie in a movie franchise, even though some of the other ones sucked. Well, it's it's a pop culture icon now. It's right, a, like we've said. 
go up to someone, anyone, almost of any, Anthony's 15, he knows Die Hard. He's watched it. Not on the network television, which would have been more hilarious to make him sit through that first and then watch it. But I, I have I have the pop vinyls behind me. I, mm-hmm. I have Bruce and Al and Tony Vresky, which is the guy in the gray sweatshirt that says, I have a machine gun. Now I have a machine gun. Carl's brother. They could have just yeah. put that on there instead of his actual name. Yeah, all right. But it, it is a cultural phenomenon that, yeah, we have an advanced auto parts commercial about it. It's uh, it's in what, what I can't remember the name of it, but that uh, association that, like, preserves movies. Um, oh, the AFI? I think it might be AFI or AFA. American Film Institute or something American like that. American Film yeah. Institute. Yeah, it's it's in all and it's in every like 1000 movies to watch before you die type sure, thing. And sure, it's sure. way up there. It's not middle ground. This movie just became a living creature almost. How did they not make an Alan Rickman? Did they make an Alan Rickman pop? I'm sure they did. This was I ended up getting the uh, I got the Walmart exclusive where he's in the dirty shirt, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which is. You watch this movie, he starts out in this crisp white tank top. And as this movie progressed, and he went through the ductwork, the explosions, the fights, glass. the glass, it was brown at the end of the mm-hmm. of the movie. Mm-hmm. I have the brown version, and there is a white one somewhere, but I haven't found it. Now I have a machine gun. Oh, oh. And how many memes are out there on the internet? How many gifs are out there? You know, type in Die Hard and how many Google results of things pop up. I mean, it is, this movie's been referenced in other movies. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. not just in homages, just straight up, we're going to do a Die Hard scene and that's what we're doing in this movie. Well, I mean, there was a Die Hard um I think a board game, I think. There was the um, PlayStation video game. I had the Die Hard trilogy. Game. There is an advent calendar now that is the tower that you move uh, Hans yep. one level down the tower as you go towards Christmas till he hits the ground. Our buddy Steven's wanting me to make something similar on my woodworking stuff. I got an idea percolating in my should. Yeah. brain, but I didn't have enough time before Christmas. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely, like you said, yeah, an iconic thing. It really is. You see everyone making those Christmas ornaments, the tin foil box uh, with the, the picture. The yeah. And it's the picture that they've cut from a printing that is him in the ductwork, mm-hmm. and he feels like a, a TV dinner. <laughs> I, you know what? There's, there's so much to it. It's the, you know the whole squish your toes in the carpet thing. Yeah. Like well, it, I do, I do that before I go to bed at night and it's because of die hard. We all, we all do that. Why my feet hurt? Take your feet, your shoes off and you squish your toes. Also, it was who writes a movie with that much thought into it. How do we get this guy in his bare feet? Well, it's based on a novel. It's based on a book. It, it is which based I've on never, a book. I've never read. Neither have I. Neither have I. Like Egon said, print is dead. <laughs> print is dead. That's three yeah. Ghostbusters references tonight. I think we're over three by now. Well, probably, but I just saw the movie a couple weeks ago, so get off my back. <laughs> uh, I saw I saw the new movie a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I watched Ghostbusters 2 like two days ago. 
I'm um, sure you did. I did. I know so, you did. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't denouncing the fact that you did. I was agreeing. Uh, you know, now I'm thinking about Ghostbusters 2, they didn't really mention much about Christmas in it, though. I think it's one passing scene where they're wearing Christmas hats. Yeah. They're Remember, they're running across the... the street carrying mm-hmm. the trap? That's yeah, it. That's I, the only thing I, I think I remember. Yeah, I think it is, too. Well, Janine does answer the phone and say something about, like, they can't get to you until after the holidays. Just don't go in that room. She does. I think they, this, okay, so here is, I th- we're going to go back on it, but you brought up a perfect thing. It's a movie set during Christmas, but there's no way this is, that Ghostbusters 2 would be a Christmas movie. No. It's not Christmas-centric. No. Honestly, no. it would be closer to a New Year's movie, because yeah, New course. Year's was centric for Vigo yeah, to do his the, thing. And the Statue of Liberty. Yes. So, anyway, we're not going to go back down that, that rabbit hole, but... um. No, this this movie is just something else. And, you know, this is one of those few movies that didn't, I can watch it now and I can understand every reference in it. You know, this movie could have dated itself terribly had it not been as popular, you know, which we've gone back and watched quite a few movies doing this show. And you're like, wow, mm-hmm. this, this movie's so dated. Who knows what good to the last drop means and Folgers or, you know, they start we're talking about television sets that were on antennas and, you know, kids today are now have zero, you know, idea what that is. Yeah. This is, I mean, so I'm trying to think if there's any, I mean, Coca-Cola, but everyone knows what Coca-Cola is. No, it's just the old stuff. It was before they did the, the new, uh, I mean, the there's even update. 60 minutes on still on TV. So every yep. reference in this, pretty much everyone knows. Yeah. I mean, well, and even I guess, I guess car phone is maybe a little out there in the limo, but no difference, have, no difference in having your cell phone plugged into your charger. Oh man. It was different. Trust me. I remember them car. I'm saying phones. if you oh, wanted, if I do too, my cousin had one, not uh, Jared had it. <laughs> yeah, um, one, of the fire, one of the fire trucks. Yeah. But you know, he uses a touch screen at the, office yep. of nakatomi building um he, you know uh, yeah figures out holly's using the, the her maiden name yeah um so there's not a ton of things that date it but it was definitely a dated movie but it, no one cares about that now it, no, it's die hard it, of course it, we're gonna watch die hard you feel like it could happen you you could make this exact same movie today and not change much. Like for example, even like the firearms in it. I believe John ends up using mo- the machine gun he gets most. I believe is an MP5. Yeah, it's MP5. I think right. MP5 still a very viable you know firearm to be using. Yeah, they fires used, nine millimeters and everything. I mean, it's right, still they very versatile. Forty-five or nine millimeter pistols in this. They even still um, make an AUG, which is what Carl ran around yeah. with that he puts together, you know. Right. So, I mean, you know, and I'm sure whatever rockets they were shooting at the, the APC or whatever it is, the armored car, you know, these things Those are things massive. They were massive. They bolted now, it to the ground. <laughs> yeah, now they have shoulder rockets, Yeah. But, well, they had shoulder back then. Playing a little bit better there, Hans. Yeah. You didn't need to bolt them to the ground. Maybe these are easier to get. Um, um, cheaper by them. Yeah. That way, gross. Yeah. Because if you get them shoulder mounted ones, then, then, uh, uh, Michael Bine and, and Charlie Sheen are coming after you to try to find them and get them. Navy seals. Ugh. So, Stop you know, it. so you could really still do this movie today 
and not really don't. change much. Whoever's listening, please don't though. No, but you don't ever remake though. this movie. You could, but, I agree. But you could, well, and they have. Didn't uh, uh, the Rock? I have not seen it, but there's a movie called Skyscraper. Mm-hmm. I heard a lot of people saying it's basically like a PG-13 version of Die Hard. I don't know. I didn't see it. I know the Rock's not I, supposed to have legs in it. I have. I've just never seen it. Or he's got not got a leg, both legs, or something. I don't know. All I remember was that was that massive run of rock movies that weren't like good i I guess i was gonna say like blockbuster it was like uh skyscraper (laughs) san andreas Andreas, rampage uh, ram i watched rampage and it was fun yet i've only seen it that one time yeah you know it's well even uh what's the one where he gets out of jail and instantly runs to a car and then goes and kills people oh that's faster and that is that is a fantastic Fantastic movie, but not a big critically acclaimed Dwayne Johnson. Movie. No, that that is actually probably one we should do on the show because it's a very underrated, gritty, almost kind of. I don't want to wait this long, but we could do Rocktober. We could do Rocktober. Not bad. All Dwayne, all Dwayne Johnson like movies. Uh, we could do the Rundown. I love the Rundown. Rundown's great. Oh, uh, I love the rundown. Walking Tall. That was really good. I liked Walking Tall. So it, when he yeah. first started, there was that, we just talked about the Condemned, where he was kind of like what started WWE Studios. Mm-hmm. There were some great movies he did right then. Then it was like, let's put him in all these others and see if we can turn him into the next action hero. And then thankfully, he figured out what to do, and then he became the Dwayne icon Jones. that he, yeah. yeah. He be, no, he's The Rock. He is not Dwayne Johnson anymore. Dwayne Johnson died, and it's The Rock is all that's left. Well, it, it you know he's not the Scorpion King anymore. Thank goodness. No, no, that was that was that metamorphosis era where he was just becoming The Rock. It's well, like have you, have you seen that uh, that meme where where it says like people think the uh, moon landing was faked with CGI in 1969 or what I think it was 69, and then they show CGI from the Scorpion King. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're, yeah. They go, this was CGI in 2012. Yeah. Come on. We, weren't, I'm like, we weren't that good yet. No, no I, yeah, exactly. Tron yeah. was blowing minds. That's all we had. Man, Tron was so good. By the time I go to Disney next year, they're going to have the Tron light cycle roller coaster done. That's awesome. Oh, I can't wait to. You know what I'm liking most about our conversation today? We've, we've told everyone that this is how we all, how me and you started a lot of our conversations would just digress mm-hmm. into talking about movies. And yeah. this is what happens. We start with one, and by then we've talked. By the end, we've talked about twenty different movies, almost forgetting <laughs> about true. what we started talking about. And then we'll have the same conversation three days later. <laughs> you know, you know, what we should do. We should start a version on uh, a segment that is a version of our old Six Degrees game. Oh my God! But we okay. can't cheat and use IMDb because we didn't have right. IMDb when we played. So when we worked together a long time when we first met, we would do a six degrees game. And we wouldn't do six degrees of Kevin Bacon. That's too easy. Yeah, that was way too easy. We would pick two opposite end of the spectrum, Rando Fernando actors or actresses, yeah. and do six degrees of them. And it was, we're talking... Before Expendables, yeah. Before a lot of these ensemble movies, yes. Um, the only 
uh, our cheats were the Batman the, universe, the Batman universe, and the Star Wars universe. Those were our yes cheat movies because we could span some of the actors that were added into the prequels, like Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. Qui Gon Jinn, you know Liam Neeson. Um, we could then connect them to the older Star Wars through Anthony Daniels playing C-3PO, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. So we had cheats, but we didn't we didn't have IMDb on our phones. We still had no. flip phones running around. I had Nextel. So did we. Remember we had that? Yep, Nextel. yep, we yeah. had that. So, yeah, it was fun to play. It's just way too easy now because you can just, I can literally sit here on my laptop and go, oh, yeah, that guy connected to this guy. And we can even do it through like other cast. We're sitting there going, "What was, what was this guy's name? You know, the the guy that did this thing. He yeah. was also in this other movie. I can't remember the name of the movie, but he was in it with this other guy. And we would have to vote whether we would allow, <laughs> allow it. Sir, sir. We we answers. used to we used to do outlandish ones like John Wayne to Pee Wee Herman. You know, yes, outlandish stuff. And believe it or not, we could do it and. Again, believe it or not, sometimes we didn't finish the game till the next day because we're both we're right. all just thinking like, "Well, let's see, Pee Wee Herman was in Batman Forever because he was the Penguin's parents. Yep. That gives us Danny DeVito. That gives us uh, 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 Christopher Walken. Uh, uh, all these things down, and we would find like a more earlier movie with John Wayne or a later movie with John Wayne with someone that like." Uh, yeah, we're playing it now, and we need to not because it'll no, take no. forever. I'm thinking John Wayne and and um, uh, was it Rio Bravo, the one with um, um, Dean Martin? Yeah. Matter of fact, I believe we're reinterpreting exactly what we played one day. <laughs> probably are. So uh, anyway, yeah, yeah and we yeah, went yeah. Uh, we went Dean Martin probably into like Burt Reynolds and Smoking and uh, Cannibal Run. Cannonball Run was brought up a lot because then we got yeah. like Dan, uh, Dom DeLuise and a lot Jackie of other. Jackie Chan. We got Jackie Chan in that. For those that don't know, Jackie Chan was in Cannonball Run. Yep. Yep. So, all right. Yeah, we need to knock this off. <laughs> no, <laughs> not, die hard. Die hard. Christmas. <laughs> eh, it happens sometimes with us. What do you want with me? Ah. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Die hard. Christmas time. <sighs> Is it a Christmas movie? Is it not? I don't know. I don't care. I'm not. I don't think it that. matters. It doesn't matter. They've just made it into this thing that happens every year. And like and, I said, and the movie takes place around the Christmas holiday. It That's takes it. place around. And look, I watched it again because I really, Dan and I were going to do this episode, and I said I don't want to talk about the movie. We're not going to walk through it. We're not going to synopsize it. So I was actually thinking about watching the movie and writing down every piece of Christmas uh, backdrop or setting or evidence. It's every other scene. There is something Christmassy in every other scene of this movie. There's a Christmas tree somewhere. There's decoration yeah. somewhere. Yeah. He uses holiday tape to tape the gun to the back of his head. Hans makes a Christmas reference when he talks to Theo. He's like, it's Christmas. You know, it, it's all these things. You know, we can't turn off the power. All these people are going to be without power on Christmas Eve. It, it, there's no getting away from Christmas in this movie. 
it's everywhere. It starts with a Christmas movie. It ends with a Christmas movie. We have Christmas and Hollis playing in this movie. You know, yeah, it's so ingrained into this movie. There's just no way of getting it out of a Christmas feel. It's not a traditional Christmas movie. But if you wanted to really get technical, most movies that we call Christmas movies aren't traditional Christmas movies. Yeah. Well, this this falls in the same vein as is Gremlins, right? And which happens, even, and possibly even like Nightmare Before Christmas. Well, I'll take it one step forward. It, it we could even con, you know consider Home Alone not a Christmas movie. It happens during Christmas. There's Christmas themes in it. The thieves are there because it's Christmas and no one's home. But it has nothing to do with like Santa Claus. It has nothing to do with elves or anything like that. It's a kid acting like John McClane fighting off bank robbers. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie. I haven't seen that movie in God, twenty years or so. We again, it's part of our rotation. We watch mm-hmm. one and two. We don't touch three. And apparently, they did a new one. Don't. Yeah. Um. Uh. Who's his brother? Is it Bud? Bud or Biff or whatever, but he's in he's in or the Buzz. Uh, Buzz. He's in the Buzz. fourth one. He's in the new one for Disney. Yeah. I again, we're gonna digress here. I, if you have not watched this movie, I am telling everyone to go watch it. Eight bit eight bit Christmas on HBO. Hmm. Dan, watch it. It is our childhood. Charlie, how long did it take me to watch The Outsiders? You know we're. We've had how long? How many times we've had this conversation? Not on air, but I've tried to get Dan to watch The Outsiders since I met him. He only just watched it a month ago, maybe. Yeah, yeah a month ago. And it was only because it was on HBO. Mm-hmm. If it hadn't been on HBO, Dan still wouldn't have watched it. Well, the other reason is Zoloft. So <laughs> Zoloft is a hell of a drug. When yeah. you want to watch movies. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Being on Zoloft has really changed a lot of perception in my head. Which, uh, that actually, you know watching. what? That's funny. You, we just talked about the six degree game and that was one of my go-tos in the Zoloft? six. De- yeah. Zoloft. Yep. No, <laughs> dumbass. The outsiders. Oh, because, yeah. you know, yeah. Tom Cruise, Patrick Swayze, you know, like every, popular guy in the early yeah. 80s was in S&S that movie and everybody yeah yeah, yeah. so the you know, rob Lowe. i yeah. mean you could go you could rob that's Maggio. how we that's how we get getting into uh wayne's world because we could go through yeah, rob, rob Lowe to <laughs> tom cruise and all that stuff it was fun oh, you guys dude. had to be there trust us it was a blast i thought so it was better than putting in windows yeah i hated that <laughs> Just, yeah, the job was brutal. Was. Well, man, I'm starting to run low on diehard conversation that isn't. And then he he uh, uh, threw it down the the elevator chute, and you know, I mean, well, okay, let's well, let's that's not what we're doing. It's not, but you know what? Let's let's give the handful of people that did come here for that. What is your favorite scene in Die Hard? Hmm. I know there's a lot, but. There's always got to be that one where you're like, I really like that part. My favorite scene in Die Hard. 
My favorite line is the pizza come as the pizza uh, when he calls. That That is a great line. I, this is probably one of my favorite lines, too. Uh, I like when he yells at the firefighters and their stupid Dalmatians for turning around. <laughs> I think my favorite scene, though, is the uh, where he has the gunfight in the unfinished portion has to run through the glass. Yeah. Now that's that, brutal. I mean, oh, that's God. that scene hurts. Right. How they filmed that. That scene hurts, and you man. and then it cuts to him pulling the glass out of his feet after that, mm-hmm. and the way they did the blood effect because he's over the sink, like it's yeah. pouring out of his foot. I'm like, come on, that's just that's great detail, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I know I asked you this, and now I'm sitting here going, man, what is my favorite scene in the movie? Um. Who are you then? Just a fly in the ointment, Hans. The monkey in the wrench. A pain in the ass. I like I like that line. I like the Roy Rogers line. That yeah. one's really high up there. Those are good too. Yep. yep. Um, I would have to say my my favorite scene is the elevator explosion, where mm, he straps out through there. Well, yeah, where he straps all of the C4 blasting caps detonators he has into that brick of C4 on the computer because he's like, I need more weight because I need it to get further away from me. And he drops that down and then doesn't realize the blowback is going to come yeah. flying back up at his face. My The funniest scene that I still laugh every time I see is when Carl goes and messes with his brother because his brother's tapping into all of the phone lines and security lines oh, and, and Carl comes run. in with the chainsaw and just mm-hmm. meh, like oh, I I laugh every time I see that because that's a good sibling kind of thing to happen. Yeah, yeah. You and I would do that to each other. Oh absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That would that would definitely be what we would do because <laughs> we're assholes to each other. Yeah. Um yeah. So yeah, I you know what you're right. I yeah, that's a good scene. Like I said, the the glass stuff is just it's brutal. To it is to see that, and the rooftop scene, which is again iconic. He jumps off yeah. of it with a thing, but there's not a bad action scene in this movie at all. That I mean, that is as unrealistic as some action movies and, mm. and scenes are. That is the most unrealistic scene in the movie, probably. It is. Although you can watch it. If the hose worked, first of all, it would probably snap him in half. Yeah. You you know, I mean. uh, Had he like tried to climb down, maybe I could have believed that. But where he jumped (laughs) with force. But man, looked cool as hell. (laughs) Oh, probably the most iconic like screen grab of the movie. That instant he jumps up and that explosion's behind him. Between I mean, that and Alan Rickman's face as he's falling. Yes. Do you know yeah. how they got that shot? Uh, I'm going to guess that it was like um, uh, how Alfred Hitchcock did the one in, like, I think, in Vertigo, where they actually put the, he's laying on the, basically you're laying in a rig or sitting down in a rig and they have a camera and it actually goes up a tower away from you. That's how they did the one for Hitchcock. Nope. Because I've been in a rig like that, like at a, I think it was, might have been Disney. So they, they had Rickman in a rig, the harness, Mm -hmm. obviously, but they were roughly 20 feet 
up in the air on on in a uh, studio okay with with an airbag air mattress you know like from lethal weapon oh sure sure underneath him they had done a couple of test drops and rickman had seen the stuntmen doing it and he's like okay i can handle this so the director told the stuntman to let go at two mm. so they go one two and rickman's expecting one more like Mm-hmm. He's still kind of shoring himself up. They drop him before he's ready. And the look on his face is actually what he would look like falling. Because nice. that's what he's like. Because what, what are you thinking? Something went wrong. They're supposed to say three. What's going wrong? And they just let him drop and hit the air bag. Did the he bottom. get up and then punch the hell out? Oh, he was not happy yeah. from what I've read. Um, he was not happy, but obviously it's like, well, let's check the gate. Oh, that looks yeah. great. Good job. That looks great. Don't ever effing do it again. <laughs> but, and it's like, you know, that I, the way they did things in the 80s, you know, no CGI, nothing. We talked about an lethal weapon. That girl jumped off that building yeah. into an airbag. But the way they filmed it is the cut is the very last second before the dummy hits the car. So the girl is falling that far onto an airbag. The edit is the last like nanosecond. Then it shows the dummy crashing through the top of the car. So yeah, kind of the same thing with Rickman. And thankfully we didn't get the Dick Jones arms <laughs> as he fell off the building. <laughs> Save that for our Robocop episode. <laughs> uh, Muppet arms. So bad, dude. <laughs> Well, as we get closer to an hour and a half here, and that's about our, that's eh, about our sweet spot. That, that's our golden time, I think. I think it's about time for this. Yeah. All right, Charlie, give me your holliest, jolliest body count. The holliest, jolliest body count. Um, for a movie we didn't even talk about. We, yeah. we talked about some action. Yeah, um, we're still going to do it. You it, know, it's, I, it, it, it's our gimmick. I looked up the numbers and I was like, man, I, it just kept going, didn't it? I yep. just wanted to give you an extra one. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. It's my Christmas present this year. <laughs> yeah, your Christmas present. I accidentally screwed up and hit the button again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I way, we the, don't we don't edit these very much at all, folks. <laughs> I I clean up like if one of us coughs or something, or if yeah. we we really really flub something. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you guys hear it as pure as we're talking. So we had we had about a ten second pause where we both kind of just went. That's kind of our thoughts, but you never know where it was in this episode because you won't hear it. No, uh, I'm, get, I'm getting pretty good at the editing process here. I feel yeah, feel, feel happy about it. Okay. Um, you want to go off too? No, no, I'm not. Which, by the way, all jokes aside, if you guys need some help, reach out and get some help. If get you need help. to contact us, contact us. We're happy to, to talk we'll, to you. We'll talk to you. It's a it's a rough season. We yeah. all understand. Yeah. No this, this is I this mean, is not this is not a bit this is not joking we're being truthful hey yeah that's mine so a hundred percent no jokes if you need help reach out for help reach out anyone anyone and again there's ways to get a hold of us we'll talk about it at the end of the show reach out to us we'll we'll do what we can 
Absolutely. Um, All right, now tell, now say how many people died in this movie. Now let's talk about death. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as I've been trying to get out, um, I looked at the number and I'm like, man, I feel like there's a lot more action and killing than uh, the number, which is 23. But the more okay. I thought okay. about it, I went, there's not a lot of terrorists. You know, he says Bank 20 robbers. to 20. Thank you. Bank robbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the FBI, it's terrorists. Uh, and even the cops on the ground, they they wound them right. more than kill. Like, even the guy in the APC got out. John McClane kills more people than the the bad guys <laughs> yeah 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 now carl's carl kills people oh he, he can he caps uh dude at the end yeah yeah and, you know we lost ellis we lost to coggy so there oh, was a uh, uh, spoiler alert oh i'm sorry was i not supposed <laughs> to let everyone that's seen this movie <laughs> oh yeah well that then that means i have an asterisk yeah carl gets dead dead he yeah. dies once, then comes back. And then dead, dead. Yeah. And then Al gets to shoot him. So, yeah, we have a dead, dead in this one. And true. pour one out for our boy, Al Leong. He opened up that door, and John McClane was standing right there, ready to fill him full of holes. That's true. Well, that's what Al does. He dies in these movies, man. He does, and he does it fantastically. And you know what? He also showed that if you need a, if you, if you're hungry, Take the time to do a little self-care and eat something. You know, big gunfight yeah. getting ready to happen. Don't do that on an empty stomach. Yeah, you can't you know? depend on Huey Lewis to bring you something to eat, so you got to do it yourself. I always forget Huey Lewis is in this movie. <laughs> this movie's great, dude. I'm going to watch this movie again tonight when we're done. Oh, I, I can't. I already, I've already watched it one more time today <laughs> before the episode. I just threw it on. I'm like, what else am I going to watch? Let's just watch Die Hard. I don't know. I work today. I work. I work in my shop. That means I can have a movie on in the background. Lazy. All right. Well, let's do our next thing. I feel like I should. In this one, I feel like I should have had. Because he was eating the candy bars. I was wondering where the jingle bells were. I I got lazy and didn't do it. I even did that in the horror show for Nate. I put jingle bell sounds behind all of our bits. Well, do it in post. I might, but now you've said it and ruined it. Well, you can edit that out too. I guess I can, but I won't. (laughs) Uh, Dan, why don't you go ahead and hit me with how many Aliongs you give this fantastic action movie mm. Mm. i give this movie an eight and a half really an eight and a half nah i'm gonna give it a nine okay i give it a nine i give this movie a nine um i don't know why i don't give it a ten i don't either or a nine and a half i just don't i it's one of those ones where if I sit back and think, is there a 10? 
Well, you've, a ten. you've given a five on the show, haven't you, before we jumped up to ten, didn't you? I think no. you gave Lethal Weapon a five. Mm, I don't think so. I gave Lethal Weapon a five. Yeah, I don't think I did. I'll have to go back and check the files. I think it was a four. I think it was a four and a half. Mm. We'll have to or see. Four. I, I, I like this movie better than Lethal Weapon. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. That's a true statement. So I'm going to say nine, nine and a half. Okay. Um, I, I just, I don't know if I can claim a perfect action movie. Well, go at it reverse. This is, this is pretty damn close. I mean, then this is what I did thinking about this. Because I was kind of in the same school thought as you was. I was like, is this a perfect action movie? Um, I think it is. I'm giving this 10 Alleyongs because I can't think of anything A, I would change to make something better. The dialogue is on point. Mm-hmm. The We just gushed about how well the cast is done and mm-hmm. how they are irreplaceable with another actors aside from an alternate dimension where someone else was cast. Mm-hmm. Alan Rickman is probably my favorite action movie villain of all time. If I have to put a number one, and I'm talking, you know, I, I know I've mentioned it on the show of there's a lot of villain. You know, I love me some Gary Busey. I think he's a fantastic villain. Um, Hans Gruber as a villain is the epitome of action movie villains to me. I there's one movie in particular I'm thinking of, you know what it is, that mm-hmm. I like better than this. Is it a better movie? I don't know. So we've, we've I, I would we, dare say it's not a better movie than this, but I enjoy it more. So this is where I think some people get somewhat confused with rating systems in general is they have a hard time thinking of can two movies be considered perfect i can and i know the movie you're talking about and yes Mm -hmm. i it will Mm -hmm. be a 10 when we talk about it and i think Mm -hmm. you've already let Mm -hmm. the cat out of the bag in an earlier episode about what the movie is um but we'll still play it off like we haven't yeah because i don't remember if i did or not um you're right, and I love that movie. It has everything mm-hmm. I want, but I almost can't compare the two equally, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. It it does. It absolutely does, because to me, the time frames are off. They are. The technology and filmmaking is off. Yes. However, they're both summer blockbusters, mm-hmm. and the 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 mystery movie is a direct to me it feels like a direct step up in evolution from something like die hard so i agree we had this conversation Mm -hmm. we'll we'll do a quick plug um if you guys haven't gone over to sludgecast monster movie stomp down and first of all if you have not gone over there shame on He has to get that in. Um, 
love that one. We we guest appeared on a pretty big episode for him, which was the Predator, mm-hmm. and we actually really got into this conversation at the end, especially between me and Sludge and even Ruben to a degree of if they rate one this other particular movie a five you know they do five on their monster stomps mm-hmm. then they can't give this other movie because it's not as good i made the argument of just like what i said was sometimes you can't compare apples to apples i can have a perfect apple i can have a perfect orange and to me some of these movies and i don't throw 10s around i really don't even throw 9s around a whole lot mm-hmm. i I, I, I'm pretty above five though. You know, I, I sure, rarely sure. do I ever, I don't even know if I have dropped down below. Maybe I got a have four you, on one. Have you ever given a two? I have not. I know someone that gave a two. Mm, that guy was a genius. It was an asshole, but, um, I'm not wrong. Hmm. So not arguing. when I look at something, I look at entertainment value. I look at rewatchability, which to me, the two movies we're talking about are, equal mm-hmm. i watch them both religiously every year multiple times i can quote both movies up and down and honestly mm-hmm. if we have to go on a scale of which movie's probably more impactful in the genre and in culture itself die hard, then die hard obviously breaks the mold it, on most movies well if i think about it Across and I'm, not all, trying, uh, I'm not trying to talk no, no. you into a 10. No, no, but I'm thinking about it across all genres. There are probably maybe four movies that I can think, five movies I can think of that I would give a 10 to. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm not across saying I've genres. got, uh, yeah. Um, but you know what? Like, like Ghostbusters, 10. No, I won't argue with that. Um, uh, uh, Blues Brothers, 10. Uh, the movie, the mystery movie, you know, yeah. uh, I would say is a 10. And uh, um, what I'll preface is it's a 10 to us. It's a 10 to us. Yes. Uh, There's going to be a lot of people that are like, you guys are nuts. Idiots. Yeah, sure. It's not a 10. And, and I'm even going <laughs> to throw out and I'll throw out a spoiler. When we do John wick, it's a 10. Oh, hundred percent. So the sequels I, aren't, but the no, first no, no, one, but the first one is. If I sit and Matrix, um, if I sit back and look at all of those and my enjoyment of them, mm-hmm. I could put Die Hard in as a 10. Right. And again, I'm not trying to make you go no, 10. No, no but uh, look, I am glad you got though. to a nine to a nine and a half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. I would, I would easily have to say nine, nine and a half. Um, could, and that's the thing, too, is I don't really think about my rating until we do our episode. I really don't I either. Just, I kind of just gut them, you know. Yeah, and we then do I gut reaction. Yeah, because how many times we talked about something and we're like, "Wow, that t- it kind of changed." Yeah, what I thought about yeah. this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give a, you know, a real quick shout out to friends of our po- of the podcast over at Action Action Podcast. They have an entire movie rating system that gets down to the decimal point, and then they rate every movie they talk about, and if a movie ties. They then determine out of those two movies, which one is a little bit better than the other. And then mm. that one gets the number ahead. Um, I I could never do that. 
I, I just, I, there's no way I could ever. For example, if I had to rate this in the mystery movie, this, Die Hard's a better made movie. The mystery movie, to me, I enjoy watching more. More fun. I will yeah. say, the yeah. our, the movie me and you both love and adore is way more fun. And I would say that the the villain in that one, the vi- he's not not the mastermind but the villain i know i know who you're talking about yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. okay trust me favorite. i i know well, who we're know. talking right, about right is my favorite villain he is probably but in my top 10 hans is right there uh, with him i i'm gonna go on record and honestly hans is right there with him yeah like i can't say there's multiple number ones obviously when you're talking about villains there has to be a number one you know, villain, even if we were like comparing like the emperor and star Wars or something, if I could do one, a one B it'd be these two people. I, I will give you that. If there's like, you know, mm-hmm. the next tier or something now, and then, then again, again, we have to go, you know, we're not talking like sci-fi. We're not right. talking comedy. Right. We're not talking right. romantic comedy. This is action. Right. But I, th- I think we've gone down another rabbit hole long enough. Yeah, well, that's what we do. So nine and a half, a 10 alley long, on a movie Al Leong is in, I think we're doing pretty good for Christmas, man. Well, one more time, just to remind everyone out there that's listening. Hey, this is Charlie. And this is Sludge. Join us this Christmas Eve as we crash Dan's quiet night and convince him to regale us with a special Christmas tale. That's right, Charlie. This Christmas, all of us at the Give Me Back My Podcast Network want to give all of you the best gift that we can think of. Featuring special Christmas episodes from Give Me Back My Action Movies, Give Me Back My Horror Movies, The Monster Movie Stomp Down, and Good Beer Bad Movie Night. So grab your eggnog or one of Pete's favorite frosty beverages and join us and Dan by the fire as we present... Give me back my podcast network's Christmas extravaganza. And I can personally guarantee it will be an extravaganza. 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 You're just making sure I don't swap the commercial for the final edit one. <laughs> I do what I can sometimes. Why don't you do some housekeeping for us tonight, Dan? All right. As he gets his notes prepared. I'm a professional, folks. You are. Well, I, one of somebody I know I do a podcast with is going to be getting paid to be a professional, and it's not me, but that's all right. <laughs> all right. Here at Give Me Back My Action Movies, we'd like to thank, obviously, our good friends over at Poster Smash. Subscribe and check out their content. Find them on Instagram. is probably the best place to find them, you think, Jerry? They're, uh, they're only on Instagram. Oh, well, that's where you find them. Um, (laughs) You can obviously find us at Instagram, Facebook, and at our Gmail account. It's gmbmampod at gmail.com, which is awesome. Subscribe to this podcast. If you subscribe to this feed, you get get the horror movie feed as well. But while you're out there, subscribe to our other uh, Friends of the Pod network affiliate uh, compadres and that is good beer bad movie night with pete and the gang check yep. them out please 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 uh monster movie stomp down check those guys out over there check out live and in living color with Woofy d it is a podcast about professional wrestling yes 
Uh, I just did a guest spot on that. It'll be after this one, I believe. Should be the last of the year. Um, Yeah, I think so. And if you like that, get ready because coming early next year, it was supposed to be before the end of this year, but... (laughs) Holidays. Yeah, what are you going to do? We will have a new wrestling podcast coming. Me back, my pro wrestling, old school. If you listen to the Condemned episode, you know about that. It's coming. Uh, Action, action. Those guys real close to us. Good friends of the pod. Thank you very much. Action, action, guys over there for everything that you do with us as well. Make sure you check out Mountain Empire Comics if you're in Johnson City or Bristol, Tennessee. You can also check them out on Facebook. I like how the music finally decided to get in. Yeah, well, I timed it out. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and, I, and that's what I'm going to stick with. Oh, bullshit, a bullshitter. Don't <laughs> <laughs> you know, my leg and tell me it's raining, kid. <laughs> that's it. I think that's it on my end, Charlie. I know you always got a few things, bud. Uh, you know what? It's the episode before Christmas. I hope everyone's having an awesome holiday. You know, look forward to listening to our episode for Christmas Eve. We had a lot of fun putting it together. I hope everybody enjoys it. And you know what? Just take a few moments and enjoy the people around you. And if you don't have people around you, enjoy the quiet, because sometimes I miss the quiet. <laughs> that rules, too. <laughs> but that, that, that pretty much does it for me, man. I'm, I'm good. All right. Well, I'd like to thank everyone who's listened to this podcast throughout the entire year. Yes. We're not a, we're not a full year in, but we... It's listened. not our anniversary. Our anniversary is at the end of January, but... but it's pretty much a full year now. We've Fis- fiscal year. We are yeah, done. <laughs> calendar year. Thanks everyone who has listened to this. We've gone from having five or six listeners to having way more than that on each episode. Yes. And we appreciate everyone that listens to it again. Everyone enjoy your holiday time out there. Try to take it all in stride. Have fun. Eat lots of good food. Drink lots of good beverages. And again, like we said, if you need you need to talk to someone during this this crazy silly season, reach out to the Facebook group. We're more than happy uh, to to chat with everybody. Private 100%. message, email. There's plenty of numbers out there. We we support good mental health here. And if you eat too much, Ready? yeah, I'll some, need that one. Yeah, Pepto Bismol, Alka Seltzer, everything else is it, it's it's good. Can we get a Tums sponsorship? <laughs> That'd be awesome. We're, well, we're, we're, we've, we've talked to some people. <laughs> all right. For all of us here, uh, myself, Charlie, and everyone at the Give Me Back My Podcast Network, we'd like to thank you guys for listening. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Charlie, take us home. I'll be back next year. I knew you'd say that.